0: Well, welcome everybody to the last of our Wednesday morning live from the Aspen Chapel. My name's Nicholas and I'm the minister.
1: Hi, and I'm Heather. And once again, we're going to have a a couple of interviews today, some music and some meditation and some words from Nicholas.
0: In a moment, we're going to be talking to uh, uh, Tom Ward about the gallery um, and how that's been uh, going on uh, uh, during this lockdown. But first, uh, I just want to like to welcome uh, Ward Howenstein. Ward, welcome. Thank you, Nicholas. And nice uh, to be it, here. It seems, it seems a lifetime uh, than when you were last on March the 18th, which is uh, quite a long uh, time ago. How have you and Mimi been doing?
2: You know, we've been great. We, we're basically homebodies anyway, so this doesn't affect us all that much.
0: So look, um, you're the man of the moment. Uh, over the last period of time, you, you put forward this edict about um, uh, masks being worn uh, in town. Um, what was your thinking about uh, putting that forward initially?
2: Well, I wouldn't say that I, um, I was the first with the idea. that globally it is widely accepted to have face coverings to cut down on the uh, spread of the coronavirus that leads to COVID-19 illness. So um, all I did, and Glenwood Springs preceded Aspen by a couple of weeks with their ordinance requiring face coverings. Um, So I just uh, tried to get city council to enact an ordinance requiring face coverings in public, um, not only in essential businesses, but whenever you are in public and cannot maintain a six foot uh, physical separation Um, and it is in effect until, uh, it was a one month and to be reviewed at the end of a month, I anticipate and would expect and would hope that it would be, um, a mandatory, uh, face coverings for the foreseeable future as we go through a safe reopening of our economy and business sectors.
0: Now, there has been a bit of, um, pushback on it from some people, um, I've seen uh, uh, things on on Twitter and on Facebook. What would you say to those people who are uh, pushing back on this and saying they don't want to do it?
2: Well, I, I, from the very beginning of this public health emergency, and uh, I've always viewed this as a, a balancing act between individual freedoms and liberties and the public good and public health. So those people that feel that it is an infringement upon their Um, individual liberties I understand where they're coming from but I weigh uh, public safety a little bit heavier than uh, um, individual freedoms when it comes to protecting me and uh, people that I come in contact with with a deadly virus.
0: Yes I quite see that and and can you give us an idea of exactly what we have to do? What, what, what are the actual rules for wearing masks uh, in town? And, and what is the boundary? When, when can you not, if you know what I mean, outside?
2: Well, you, you don't need to wear a mask when you're in your home. Um, basically, and, and now the uh, public health order from Picking County has adopted the same uh, uh, regulations have been what Springs did that we based our ordinance on. and. Uh, since our ordinance was um, adopted, uh, Basalt has adopted one as well uh, with pretty much the same uh, guidelines in it. I, I'd say if you're out in public and you're in contact with people that you're, you're unable to maintain a six foot uh, separation, you should be wearing a face covering. And the, um, uh, when you're in a store, like you go to city market or clerks to go grocery shopping, the uh, state public health order requires employees of an uh, essential business to wear face masks, but it doesn't require um, customers to. But our ordinance requires customers to wear uh, face covering. So it's, I, I'd say, basically, if you're in public uh, and you come into contact with people within six feet, you should be wearing a face covering. That's pretty. That's a pretty broad. Uh, um, statement of what the necessities are.
0: And where can people get face masks if they need them?
2: Well, right now the city has handed out 1,900 of them so far 900 to uh, grocery stores, hardware stores, liquor stores and other businesses. Uh, They've been very popular and some of these uh, supplies are diminishing. 500 were handed out to the Aspen Police Department and they're available there. 500 of them were um, handed out to Basalt to uh, encourage them and help them get to uh, their supply chain. Um, they're, they will be available at City Hall starting tomorrow morning uh, between the hours of 10 a.m. and 3 p.m. If you walk in the front door on the left at the uh, clerk's office, um, they're, they're available there.
0: I mean, it, I think what you say is interesting that we've got through a phase now where People are starting to come out um, and wearing face masks and social distancing. But that social distancing and wearing face masks is not going to go away, you know, until we have some sort of a, um, a vaccine or something, something like that. And with that, we're going to also have to have a really good testing system so that people know if they've got the vaccine. And what is the, the thinking about testing right now? I mean, what's your, your view of that?
2: Well, Aspen Valley Hospital. Thank goodness, thank God, has uh, nobody in the hospital right now with uh, COVID nineteen uh, symptoms. They they have capacity now to test with with symptoms, and this is the swab test, the one that is really indicates if you have uh, if you have the virus in your system. Uh, with and its, it, I, I think we've all heard this, but I'll repeat it. You can have the uh, COVID-19 in your system and be asymptomatic and uh, be contagious. You can pass the disease to other people when you don't even know that you're sick. And we've seen incidences where people have experienced uh, an illness of COVID-19 and have hardly known that they've been sick. But the um, county has a strategy, a box-in strategy, that requires testing of anybody that has symptoms. And they, they do have adequate uh, supply. And the county's uh, box in is a four-part um, strategy that requires um, uh, test, identification of people that are positive, tracing people that are um, positive, and isolating those that are positive. So um, that's those are the guidelines for testing. Uh, they're available. All you have to do is get a... Um, Uh, have symptoms and you can get a test at the Aspen Valley Hospital.
0: So if people have symptoms they can go to the hospital now and they can get a test and what about this app? They should
2: not go to the hospital without consulting their primary care physician first they shouldn't go without some kind of uh,
0: um, an order from their doctor. So consult your primary care physician first and then they will send you to the hospital. Now in terms of of actually finding out who you've been in contact with. There is, I mean, in England they're starting to test an app. Um, I know there are apps and there are other apps, but, but are we thinking of that here as well? We
2: have not had a discussion at the council table about apps, but it's certainly something that uh, we've had some lively discussions uh, among some of the uh, uh, members of council. And there are, there are tests, there are apps and, they're not all created equally. And my biggest concern with any app is the um, maintenance of your privacy and your civil liberties. Uh, there are anonymous apps, apps that don't identify who the person is. We've seen uh, Boudot, uh is one in Canada that was one of the very first uh, to identify the COVID-19 incident. Aspen has actually used uh, some anonymous cell phone data uh and the Elected Officials Transportation Committee has purchased uh, information from anonymous uh, phone pings uh, that identify what the traffic uh, patterns are, where they're coming from. So there's, there's a plethora of information that can be obtained from anonymous cell phone pings. And I, I, my tolerance is that I want to really protect <clears throat> privacy and civil liberties and if we and I, I can see the value of an app that helps track when you've been in contact with somebody that has tested positive, but I want to maintain anonymity.
0: Yeah. Now, tell me about opening up the town. I mean, uh, is 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 the Fourth of July parade definitely off now? I mean, what's what's the score about that?
2: You know, I, I would. Um, I don't think it's been officially called off, but I don't think that uh, it would fit into the. Public health order, picking County has now or projected to have an effect at that time. Um, I would uh, I wouldn't plan on start decorating your float at this point.
0: And what is the the, the new um, uh, edicts about opening up that come from the, that have just come through? What what are they saying now?
2: Well, that there was a public health order uh, update that was um, released last night, and uh, they're they have the. There's a phased reopening that uh, some people have called, and I, I don't know if the county is calling it, they were calling phase one, two, and three, but uh, statewide it was uh, following a, a ski ski run uh, classification. So phase one would be a uh, green circle or a beginner run. Uh, phase two would be blue, blue square, and then phase three would be the black diamond. And in order to move from one phase to the next, there some um, criteria that must be met. Uh, and the first, there are five criteria that for containment, and that is to maintain six feet of separation, wash your hands frequently, cover your face in public, stay at home if you're sick, and get tested immediately with symptoms. And in order for us to go from uh, phase one to phase two or two to three, uh, the five criteria that must be met is that the uh, um, COVID-19 cases have to be decreasing for 14 days, that the hospitals can safely handle COVID-19 uh, cases without resorting to a crisis standard of care, that testing is performed on all people with symptoms and can be uh, processed in a short period of time, um, active and timely monitoring um, of cases and a clear protocol in place to require social distancing, which I prefer to call physical distancing.
0: Well, Ward, um, um, over the next, next, uh, you know, it feels like things are opening up. Are we going to see any specific changes over the next week or so? Well, there'll
2: be some more businesses opening up. the way that the public health orders work is that uh, the state has the first level and counties have to comply with, this, with the uh, state. Counties can be more restrictive. Picking County is a lot more restrictive than the state. And then uh, the city can have its own uh, more restrictive, but not less restrictive. So each, each step of the way has to be more restrictive, but the county can uh, apply for a less restrictive standards, uh, Eagle County has an, um, Grand County, I think, which is Grand Junction. They've applied and have has, um, some phased reopening of restaurants already. So, so in,
0: in our uh, area, we're County just going to apply a few... to the
2: state and have a, a phased reopening.
0: So in our, in our area, we're just going to see a few more businesses opening over the next few, uh, over the next few days. That's the next step.
2: Yeah, they did. All the businesses have to comply with the uh, um, safety plan. Okay. Have to submit a safety plan and, and uh, abide by that safety plan. And those are those five areas. You know, the physical separation and the county's looking for a commitment of containment. That is is five again. It's uh, maintain six feet of physical distancing. Wash your hands often. Cover your face in public. Stay at home when you're sick and get tested immediately if you have symptoms.
0: Okay, well, Ward, I so appreciate you giving us the time. And we do appreciate the hard work that you and all the council members are doing at the moment and everybody uh, who is working on this. And we we really appreciate uh, being looked after by you. And thank you so much for coming in and and just giving us that advice.
2: Thank you very much for the time.
0: Okay, thank you. You Lovely. Well, we're joined now uh, by uh, Tom Ward. Uh, Tom, uh, with Michael Bonds, uh, runs the gallery. Tom, how are you and Donna been doing over this past year? Your office looks very very tidy at the moment. Uh, I, I couldn't quite understand what you said. I said, how are you and Donna doing at the moment? Oh, uh, right, yeah, we're, we're doing
3: well. We, kind of like Ward and Mimi, we enjoy being home, but uh, we can get out for walks and work in the yard. We've been Zooming and FaceTiming with friends here and across the country. So that's all been good. And we get to see our grandson in San Francisco every now and then on FaceTime.
0: And and your office looks very tidy there. Have you been cleaning and tidying your office?
3: I've been, yes. I cleaned my office for the first time in many, I mean, it's been cleaned, but I mean, really cleaned. Everything off the shelves, everything looked at, things thrown away, rearranged. So it feels really Really good.
0: Okay, good. Now listen, it must have been a really difficult period for the gallery. Um, what's th- this last uh, lockdown? What, what has been the impact on you all?
3: Well, Michael and I had had uh, scheduled the entire twenty twenty season, uh, and the curators had picked you know most of the artists, and uh, they they wanted in their shows, and then we had to postpone the show Water, which was just about three days from being put up. Um, It's in conjunction uh, with uh, Roaring Fork Conservancy. And we were just about three days from putting it up. And then we tried to work out where we could take down the one that was up and get water put up, but it all just got closed down. So um, the show that was in there is still in there and uh, we're working toward getting the next one up. What we did is we pushed all the shows out. So water, Um, which the postcard was sent, and if you listen on the KJACs, you'll hear it's postponed, um, is um, ready at any time now for the artists to bring it in, and we could get it up on the walls. Uh, But we pushed all the shows out, that one till July. And we know that that is, we'll have to wait and see if we can even possibly have a show then in July. We don't think we'll be able to have openings like we've had them before, but we think that we'll be able possibly to have it where people can come in and, and, you know, a certain number of people in and a certain number of people out. And we're looking at how all that might be able to happen. But then, um, go ahead, yes?
0: Well, I was going to say, you've actually been working for some time on developing a website, which is probably the absolutely ideal time for people to be able to visit shows on the website. I believe that that went live yesterday. Is that right? Tell us a little bit about Uh, the website. It actually
3: went live Monday and and that, Michael and I have been working on that since January uh, with uh, Vernon Design, Mindy Vernon's uh, business. Um, And the show Water is featured in that uh, website. Um, And even though it's postponed, you can go into the website and you can look at the current exhibition. It'll tell you, give you artist bios, and it also has the uh, uh, pictures, uh, a, a picture from each artist, and they're actually there uh, for sale. You can actually uh, buy them if you want to. And um, there's also a short description of uh, Roaring Fork Conservancy, and anything that gets purchased, of course, ten percent goes back to the Roaring Fork Conservancy. And, and if I can go on about the website. There's a short history of the gallery. We'll be entering our 35th year in June, biographies of all the curators uh, and Michael and myself, descriptions of the four different kinds of shows we do, the six curated shows, Small Wonders, the annual show of art from the six high schools and um, the Roaring Fork Biennial, which of course is every other year. There's also a list of our nonprofit partners with links to their websites. And all of our sponsors and donors are listed. And there's a contact for you can inquire about buying art or how to uh, get, you know, have work be in a show.
0: So most important of all, Tom, you can actually go to the website and buy art directly off the website. So if people haven't seen the water show, they can go to the website now and they can buy pieces of art. They can look around the show and buy pieces of art.
3: Yeah, they, they, we don't have a virtual show, but they have, there is one piece of art from each artist right. showing the, the ten, ten, 10 pieces of art, in other words.
0: And I gather the website address is aspenchapelgallery.org.
3: That's correct, it so is.
0: Easy to remember, aspenchapelgallery.org. Um, so do go and visit that website, have a look at it after, after the show and have a look around and see what it is. And, and when your next show goes up, whenever that is, you will then have that show up as well on the website, won't you?
3: Yes. And actually we plan, we're trying to see if there's a way we can get down the current show and get water up so that we could get a virtual uh, of the show so you could see all of the work in the show. Um, But we'll have to see how that all goes with, you know, all the rules and regulations.
0: And my understanding is you're you're pushing your shows that you had planned back now uh, by a few weeks. And and really, there's no knowing when we'll be able to do whatever we can do. But you're you're going to push them back.
3: Yeah, that's correct. I mean, uh, Water is in, uh, in our almost 35 years is our 219th show. So instead of opening back in March, it's now ho- hopefully gonna open possibly in July. Fantastic. And we'll just keep going from there.
0: And you're continuing this partnering with nonprofits, aren't you? Um, and you've got, got that going quite into the future. What are the new nonprofits that you've got on board uh, coming up in the next few shows? Um,
3: well, we have Windwalkers. Um, we have uh, Roaring, uh, Independence Pass Foundation. Um, I have to check my list here. We have um, holiday baskets, of course, at Christmas, and the high school art programs, uh, Aspen Animal Shelter, A Way Out, um, and well into 2021, Aspen Valley Land Trust.
0: Fantastic. And and just to go on the uh, the idea of the... um, Nonprofits. you're very much involved with the aspen chapels huts for vets appeal and i gather we've now got a final figure that we're giving to Huts for vets how much did we actually raise in the end
3: we raised for huts for vets a total of four thousand one hundred and twenty six dollars which is fabulous
0: that's absolutely fantastic have you any idea i suppose they didn't know whether they're going to be able to do any of those uh um trips i've been in
3: contact with paul just a little bit and their programs right now are on hold um, and uh, you know and obviously we hope that they can do one maybe later in the summer but we'll have to wait he'll have to wait and see just like we all do of how this all progresses
0: well tom i really appreciate you taking the time to to speak to us all the best with the new uh website you can track you can track I suppose, how many people go to it and stuff like that and i hope you have a a good amount of traffic for that and uh yeah. thank you so much for joining us tom ward uh, thank you for having us we thank appreciate you. it Great.
1: So before we hear from Nicholas, I I just want um, to invite you to close your eyes, if that's helpful to you, and just for us to centre ourselves a little and to open our hearts and find a spaciousness inside us to hold everything we've been hearing, first from from board, all the work and decision-making and all the efforts going on in our local community, all the creativity coming out of Tom's work with the gallery and all the creativity up and down the valley here, all the cooperation and participation. And feel the gratitude inside you for this beautiful place and amazing community that that we live in. And for those further afield, let's just extend our awareness to those outside the valley, outside the state, outside our country, to the far reaches of the world. And for a second, just hold inside your heart some of that pain and suffering that the world is going through. And can we somehow Do our little bit to help shoulder the burden of the suffering by being present, by caring, by being attentive, by sending our energetic love.
0: Well, as I said at the uh, beginning uh, of today's uh, programme, this is the last of the Wednesday programmes that we're going to be doing at the moment. We started on Wednesday, March the 18th, and this is the 8th that we've done so far. And the idea initially was really to keep in contact with everybody. Um, We have an expression in England that a week is a long time in politics. Um, and that was true back in March. Uh, things seemed to be shifting daily, um, our attitudes, what was going on around us. And it seemed a very long time to wait from Sunday to Sunday uh, to make contact. Um, and so we also thought it was important that we we're able to uh, not only make contact, but also relay information uh, directly to you from you know, people like the councillors and things like that. And that's why we did it. And to that end, We've had 17 guests, including doctors from the hospital, counsellors, county commissioners. We had Mayor Torrey, we had John Peacock, the um, manager of Pitkin County. And with everything beginning to open up, uh, the staff uh, really felt that people had, you know, got other things going on 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 a Wednesday morning and also other places to get information from. And consequently, we felt that this programme had served its purpose and we're going to go back to our normal Sunday schedule. All the other Zoom events are going to carry on. Heather's morning meditation, uh, Mimi's yoga, Insights, Vipassana, and Michelle Skargon's children and parents groups, they all are going to carry on. And there's an idea uh, maybe to start a program later in the year um, like this, Maybe with a slightly different character, but that'll depend on how circumstances go. We'll see how it works out. As to the reopening of the chapel, well, we're not too sure about that either. And we'll let you know, you know, as and when things become clear. It's a case of that quote from Lao Tzu um, Do you have the patience to wait till your mud settles and the water is clear? can you remain unmoving till right action arises by itself? And I think that's the way that we've been dealing things uh, with things here at the chapel. Um, we stopped touching and hugging right at the beginning of March when that seemed the right thing to do. And our last service here at the chapel was on the 8th of March and we closed the building soon after that. Um, we then instigated the delivery system to make sure that our community could look after everyone that needed to self-isolate. And I'm really grateful to Elaine Bonds uh, for her work on that, as well as the 63 volunteers um, who came forward to help. 63 people volunteered to come and help with those uh, deliveries, and I'm so grateful with them. It's an amazing number. And since then, we've been responding daily Um, As and when things come up, Um, the Zoom classes have developed a momentum of their own uh, with insights going right across the country uh, with record numbers on on Mimi's yoga class and over 30 people showing up um, to Heather's morning meditation five days a week for the last eight weeks. Thanks also to Michelle Skagen, we put in place um, resources for children of all ages and formed a special group for parents during this difficult time who are having to school their children at home. So those facilities have come on board. And musically, we've developed our capacity with Susan um, sharing her musical suggestions and Heather stepping in when the lockdown prevented anyone else from coming in. And behind the scenes, both Heather MacDonald and Peggy Burke have made sure that everything was properly managed alongside the finance team and we're very grateful to all of you who continue to send money in so that we can keep the ship running. Um, and so far that's enabled us to, all of it, to expand our community, all those things. And on another level, uh, we've had Michael Eisenarts come in and hose the lawn down to make sure that work and Alexander's available as well. So the whole staff have really pulled together. We've also tried to reach out with both emails and phone calls to make sure that people have everything they need. And both the board and the staff team have really worked tirelessly uh, to keep everything going. Things are beginning, I think, to change now with the town opening up. And I think we're all having to respond to that too. Face masks and social distancing or physical distancing, I think are going to be the norm from now on. Um, And I think post-lockdown, you know, it's gonna be like this for months. Uh, We might be more willing to go outside, however, we're all still going to have to make pretty stringent precautions, at least until there's a vaccine, and that's something we're all gonna have to really get used to. The cancellation of the music festival does show that large groups are gonna be out, as will touching and hugging others. So there's a lot to get our heads around. I don't know about you, but I've noticed how nervous everyone is in the grocery stores. You know, just you know, head down with your trolley, wanting to get round and out the other side. And there is something being lost uh, in the daily round of encounters and idle chatter that we previously just took for granted as we met people in the town. Individually, I think we're becoming more fearful of physical contact with each other and that's driving us away to some extent from one another. We just have to acknowledge that as being so, and maybe try and work around it. Maybe we'll be able to come together again in small groups, around a grill outside, and that can gradually relax us. However, we'll still have that underlying worry that however much we open up to each other, the virus is still gonna be virulent and and will make us wary. Exhausting as they may be, those Zoom calls and FaceTime and Skype, all those have provided quite a, a good release for us to be able to be in contact with other people. And it's the one place where we can socialize without fear. And it's a blessing, I think, that this technology is available to us at the moment. So one way round our awareness of each other is to pick up the phone to someone that comes to mind and find out how they are. It may be the best thing you can do for someone else in your day. And I think we have to be aware of keeping our hearts open to each other. That fearfulness around the grocery store will close our hearts if we let it. And if we're conscious of it, And if we consciously open our hearts in spite of our fearfulness, we'll not begin to close down. We might even be able to open up a bit more than we've done in the past because we'll be conscious of moving through our fear into open heart living. And of course, the root of the word courage, which it takes to be open hearted, the root of that word comes from the French word cur, which means heart. So, the, you know, there is the courage to be open hearted with each other. So, we have to be aware of our reticence to meet others in person and become more open hearted in our general attitude. And I think there is a huge willingness to help others. Those 63 people that offered to help with the deliveries, I think, proves that. And those who've been making masks, those who've got involved in the school food drive, those who've donated money, and many ways people are doing it. Down in Carbondale and Basalt, there's a program of actually providing cooked meals for people in their homes. And that's an amazing thing. We're a community that looks after each other. And this crisis I think has shown how far we will go to do that. But I think that individually, we have to be vigilant in looking at how we respond to circumstances as they arise. Our attitudes and opinions of others, our willingness to help, our precautions to make sure that we do everything that we can not to get sick or to infect others, our generosity, our care, and our kindness. Shelley Merriam sent me a lovely poem about kindness that I've been finding a suitable time to use, and I think now is about right. This is Kindness by Naomi Nye. Before you know what kindness really is, you must lose things. Feel the future dissolve in a moment like salt in a weakened broth. What you held in your hand, what you counted and carefully saved, all this must go so you know how desolate the landscape can be between the regions of kindness. How you ride and ride, thinking that the bus will never stop. The passengers eating maize and chicken will stare out of the window forever. Before you learn the tender gravity of kindness, you must travel where the Indian in the white poncho lies dead by the side of the road. You must see how this could be you, how he too was someone who journeyed through the night with plans and the simple breath that kept him alive. Before you know kindness as the deepest thing inside, you must know sorrow as the other deepest thing. You must wake up with sorrow, You must speak to it till your voice catches the threads of all your sorrows and you see the size of the cloth. Then it is only kindness that makes sense anymore. Only kindness that ties your shoes and sends you out into the day to mail letters and purchase bread. Only kindness that raises its head from the crowd of the world to say, it is I you have been looking for, I kindness you have been looking for, and then goes with you everywhere like a shadow or a friend. Let's pray. And let's just be aware of that sorrow across our country at the moment. People dying, people sick, people grieving, people defenseless, in prisons, in war zones, in refugee camps, people hungry, people at the effect of violence, people at the effect of unjust rulers. May we be aware of that sorrow so our kindness may rise up. And we ask for kindness in our leaders, compassion. We pray for all those who are looking after us, the doctors, nurses, cleaners, people in the grocery stores. May our heart open with kindness to them. Pray for all those who we know are suffering at the moment. And we particularly remember the names of those in our own community who we've been asked to pray for. Joan Downey, John from Clark's Market, Rita Hunter, Heather Morrow, Brett McKenzie, Jeff Bonds, Kevin Bedalian, Petra Criminal, Marion Bolts, Diane Shelton, Jim Stark, the O'Keefe family, Christopher Gavitt, Frankie Black, Ashley Morse, Chris Thompson, Bernie Tabor, and the Fox Rubin family. We ask that the kindness of that great spirit go to them with its healing power. Amen.